Good morning. Really glad you're here this morning. And we are wrapping up the series of messages we've called The Fools on Parade. And what we're doing is we have been looking at the profile of several fools you find in Scripture. If you, if you get into this, the Scripture, the Old Testament, which is written originally in Hebrew, um, the word for fool has nine different Hebrew words connected to it. There's only one English word for fool, and that, but there's nine Hebrew words. And if you look at and trace the Hebrew words, you can develop five profiles of fools, and you can get a good picture of the different folly that they put into place to get what they want. So we've been looking at this. When you see the Bible's profile of these characters, you recognize them. And if you're like me, you see some characteristics that are very familiar to yourself. I see them in the mirror sometimes. Uh, That's what the Bible is. It's kind of like a mirror to us, helps us understand more about ourselves and how God wired us together and what he did and didn't intend for us to be about. But we've been looking at these uh, profiles because it helps us uncover the source of frustration that we experience and many, many counterproductive strategies. So we've been digging into these over the last few weeks. What, what happens as you get into the Bible, God gives us a topography of our hearts. The highs and the lows, the good and the bad, all of it's there. And in the first week of this series, I'd like to run through a quick review. And so it's going to be quick. If if you haven't been here for the five weeks, you could go back and listen online. But I'm going to just charge right through all five fools here. The very first week, we looked at an x-ray of our hearts that the Bible gives us. And what you find is our hearts are sad, S-A-D. There are three heart problems that we have, selfishness, arrogance, and damage, that are in our hearts that we have to deal with. One of those, it's assigned to parents to train out, the selfishness. Uh, that's The Hebrew word is aveleth, and basically it works out practically, I want what I want. We're born with this. The parent's job is to train it out. Um, sometimes it gets more out than other times <laughs> as we grow older, but... This is something we struggle with. Uh, another heart problem is arrogance. The Hebrew word is hallelah. Uh, it sounds a little like hallelujah. Hallelujah means praise the Lord, uh, praise to God. Hallelah means praise myself. And that's, that's, what, that's what that's about. The third heart problem is damage. And so I want what I want. I deserve it. Out of all the people in this room, I deserve what I want more than anybody else. And I don't want to hurt you, but I'm willing to hurt you to get what I want. That's damage. The Hebrew word is raw. So we've been looking at this and how these five different fools and their strategies grow out of these, these problems in our heart, these things that are embedded in there. Um, here's a quick review of the fools that we've been looking at. The first one, uh, actually the first three grow out of the selfishness problem. Uh, the first one is the easy way fool. Here's a picture of this guy. Uh, the Hebrew name for him is Kassil. Um He's known as a lazy liar, constantly 
trying to find a magic key. And if he finds the magic key, life's going to get on a roll and he's just going to flow along and things are going to go great. It's going to be awesome. And so he's always looking for the latest thing that's going to help him make his life easy. It's, you know, the seminar, uh, a book, whatever it is, some kind of gadget, whatever. Looking for that thing, that magic key that's going to put life together and get him on a roll. The key tool this fool uses to make this strategy work is lying. So they're known as a lazy liar. And they will, if they get caught in a lie trying to camouflage their laziness, they will blow up in anger and let you have it. So that's the first fool we looked at. The second one is the reactive way fool, the avil. And that's, that's the Hebrew name uh, for this fool. This fool uses upset as their tool to get what they want. They use upset to control and manipulate people. And what they do in, in a given situation is they try to move people around like chess pieces. And in the controlling and the manipulation, it creates a tremendous amount of resentment in the people they're pushing around like chess pieces. And it turns out that relationally, there's a lot of conflict, a lot of tension, and it, it ends up wrecking havoc on their own health. And so... Uh, they end up with a lot of relational turmoil and illness, more, more than most people have. The fun way fool, we looked at last week, the sackle. Uh, that's the Hebrew name for this fool. This fool has a reckless, blind desire for fun. And when they see what they want, they lock onto it like radar. They block out all of the consequences that might come from diving into whatever it is they want, and they go for it. And they pay a price. These folks live deprived lives. Uh, it's, this is a very addictive personality. Uh, people can get addicted to uh, gambling, alcohol, drugs, video games, whatever it is, whatever they want. The, everything goes away. They lock on to it. And they pay a high price for this folly. And their tool that they use for living this way is denial. They, they just don't pay attention. To, to what's going on. Many, many street people are, are, this, are this guy. Uh, the first fool that we're going to meet today grows from the heart problem arrogance, which is halela. The Hebrew word for this fool is halal, which sounds like halela, which sounds like hallelujah, but halal is the fool. It's translated fool in English in our Bibles. And they want all the praise and the glory for themselves right now. They want to be the most important person in the room right now. And so we'll look at more of the details about them. But she's taking a selfie. Perfect, huh? <laughs> um, from damage, we're going to look at the last fool in a few moments, is the predatory fool. This is the predatory way of life. Uh, this fool is merciless. They're a merciless person who plots harm for others. Um, they, they, are, they are dangerous. And um, we'll look more at their profile in a few moments, but we'll, we'll get back to this guy. Uh, very merciless person who wants you to hurt. So we'll look at that later. Before we get to the Nabal, I'd like you to meet 
the glory way full. Let's get to know her a little better. Uh, or it could be a him, by the way. This is not uh, locking these characters into one male or female. <laughs> That's not the intent. Um, but anyway, let's look at this halal um, fool. According to Scripture, arrogance is a problem that all of us are going to battle until the day we die. Ecclesiastes 9.3 says that. It refers to arrogance as madness. That's the English translation. It's madness. Because it's crazy to be arrogant and try to exalt yourself when God hasn't exalted you. That's crazy because the Scripture, all through the Scripture, it says that God opposes the proud. So if you exalt yourself, you're only setting yourself up for a a, a harder fall (laughs) as God opposes you and brings you down. But this this fool makes this a way of life. The key tool for the halal is pushiness. They are pushy (laughs) in situations, at work, in families, uh, among friends. They're pushing people around to get their way. Look, look at this passage from the Psalms that addresses the glory way full. I say to the boastful, Psalm 75, that's the halal, the boastful. Do not boast, halal, there it is again. Uh, and to the wicked, do not lift up your horn, do not lift up your horn on high or speak with haughty neck. The horns describe their strategy. They use them to push others out of the way like a bull, like an angry bull. Angry bull, you do not want to be in the way of an angry bull. You know, there is a place in Spain where they run in front of the bull on purpose. I'm not quite sure how that started or why it goes on, but you can see that bull is just shoving people to the side. That's that's why this passage says, do not lift up your horn. It's a warning to this fool. The next, next couple of verses... Say, it's God who raises one up. Don't, lift, don't try to lift yourself up. Don't try to exalt yourself. It's God who does this. Uh, he raises one up and brings down another. Uh, the peacock who struts is sort of a, a less damaging version, uh, picture of this fool, we'll say. Uh, here's a picture of that. A friend of mine lives on the edge of Monrovia and El Monte, and in their neighborhood, there are wild peacocks that hang around. They hang around in trees, on roofs, walking down the street. And you have to drive slowly in his neighborhood because these peacocks, they expect you to get out of their way. So that's, that's a less damaging version or picture of what this fool's like. Uh, they expect you to get out of the way completely self-absorbed and strutting around and wanting to be the center of attention. That's what the halal is all about. Here's a summary of their approach to life. They talk incessantly about themselves. I've been in conversations where I've just been waiting. Maybe I haven't seen this person for a long time. I'm just waiting for them to ask something about myself. Talking about them, showing interest in what they're into. You ever been there? You're just waiting. May or may not come. If it's a halal person, they're just talking about themselves. They don't really care about you. It's all about them. Uh, They take shortcuts to leadership and power. They push to get on top through lying, threats, even violence. They're glory grabbing. They, They take credit for others' work. 
In groups or organizations, they cause damage by uh, undermining the leaders over them. They create a posse. In a larger group, they gain influence. They, they pull some folks along uh, side of themselves, and they sort of create this smaller group inside the larger group in order to gain power. They want to use that influence on this smaller group to get some power. And they dr- drive division in groups. Uh, there's a lot of problems created in family life, church life, at work by these characters. Here, here's a clip, a video clip from the bully. It's from Back to the Future, the bully Biff. And it shows you a picture of, of this fool. Because you see these characters all through the movies, all in the sitcoms, all over the place. And here, here's a picture of, of this, this fool. Perfect. I can't believe you loaned me a car without telling me it had a blind spot. I could have been killed. Now, now, Biff, now, I never noticed that uh, the car had any blind spot before when I would drive it. Hi, son. But what are you, blind, McFly? It's there. How else do you explain that wreck out there? Biff, um, can I can I assume that your uh, insurance is going to pay for the damage? My insurance? It's your car. Your insurance should pay for it. I, I want to know who's going to pay for this. I spilled beer all over when that car smashed into me. Who's going to pay my cleaning bill? Uh, and uh, where's my reports? Uh, well, I haven't finished those up yet, but, you know, I, I figured since they were due to... Hello? <laughs> Hello? Anybody home? Oh. Uh, think, McFly. Right. Think. I gotta have time yeah. to get them retired. Yeah. Uh, do you realize what would happen if I handed my reports in your handwriting? Yeah. I'll get fired. You wouldn't want that to happen, would you? Would you? Oh, of course not, Biff. Now I wouldn't want that to happen. Now look, I'll uh, finish those reports on up tonight, and I'll run them on over first thing tomorrow. All right? Hey, not too early. I sleep in Saturday. Oh, McFly, your shoes untied. Oh. <laughs> Don't be so gullible, McFly. Got the place fixed up nice, so McFly. Hey, I have your car towed all the way to your house, and all you got for me is light beer. <laughs> what are you looking at? Say hi to your mom for me. I know what you're gonna say, son. And you're right. <laughs> you're right. So there's, there's some of the characteristics of that fool in operation. Here's a description from Psalm 73 um, of this, the way this fool operates. Therefore, pride is their necklace. Violence covers them as a garment. Their eyes swell out through fatness. Their hearts overflow with follies. They scoff and speak with malice. Loftily, they threaten oppression. They set their mouths against the heavens, and their tongue struts through the earth. Therefore, his people turn back to them and find no fault in them. And they say, how, how can God know? Is there knowledge in the Most High? The core problem with all these fools, we've been talking about this. In English, the word fool means mentally deficient, silly. In Hebrew, the word means morally deficient. The core problem with all of these fools is that they're trying to make their way in life without God's help. So they've come up with strategies 
that they use to get their way. This fool forms the basis for the criminal personality, a mafia don or a gang leader. There are people you see in the news all the time who fit this, on the movies all the time who fit that, that profile. The main characteristics of this fool are boastful, self-promoting, scheming. Since, and, and you can see in this passage, this fool's thinking, since God isn't paying attention, I'm just going to push people around and get my way. I'm going to treat people the way I want to. I'm just going to, my agenda is the most important thing here. So they ignore God out of pride and they push and push to get higher and higher in power. Now, God makes that promise in Scripture to humble the proud, and and that happens over time. So here's how to move beyond the glory wave. And I'm just going to briefly hit, for these two fools, since we don't have time to dig into it, I'm going to hit the highlight of how to move beyond each of these, the glory way and the predatory way. But specifically, this fool must choose humility and serve others over and over and over again. Keep choosing humility. Philippians 2, you could read it on your own. It's the passage in the listening guide connected to that statement. Um, but it says that we need to look to the interests of others, not just our own. As we're taking care of our own interests, as we're dealing with those things, we need to look to the interests of others and serve them. So in very practical ways, if you want to grow out of this tendency, then you let others go ahead of you. You put them first. You show interest in them. You help them get exalted. You help them be successful at work, here in church life, wherever it is. You celebrate their success. You do work behind the scenes that nobody is going to see. And you ask God to help you stay focused on that. The final foolish strategy and fool we're going to meet this morning is the predatory fool, uh, the Nabal. This fool is ruthless. This this is a ruthless individual. Uh, The Hebrew word is Nabal. It's a merciless person who plots harm. And the key tool they use is pretense. You can think these guys are your best friends. They are just there for you. Um, Here's a picture of the approach in Isaiah 32. The fool will no more be called noble. That's a, a reference to... This, this passage in Isaiah is talking about how all the, the values and the grid for evaluating what's going on in society for the Israelites is backwards. And so they think this fool is a noble person. They've, they've been fooled themselves. And so he says when things get flipped the right way, this fool will no more be called noble. The pretense is going to go away. You're going to be able to see through them. But that's, they're able to pull that off. So um, the scoundrel will, will not be, nor the scoundrel said to be honorable, for the fool speaks folly and his heart is busy with iniquity. In other words, in his heart he's plotting. That's what this fool does. They plot. They look for the moment when they can make you hurt. Um, they practice ungodliness to utter error concerning the Lord. Particular characteristic to leave the craving of the hungry unsatisfied and to deprive the thirsty of the drink. When they see needs, they'd rather you hurt. They'd rather you be in pain. Um, 
this person is far more depraved than other fools. And they're out there. We see them on the news. We're shocked when the news shows pictures of just the despicable, horrible, merciless things that people will do to other people. And, and they're there. They're, they're so effective at using the tool of pretense and lurking in the shadows, pretending to be your best friend that you don't see them coming. So a good animal that goes with this picture of what, how they strike is a shark. Uh, because what a shark does is they come up from the depths. I mean, you could be sitting on your surfboard ready to take the next wave. And sorry, I don't mean to freak you out if you're going to the beach. You might be going to the beach, you know, for the afternoon. I, I don't mean to freak you out. But they come out of nowhere, woof, and take you out. You could be enjoying life one, one moment and these guys take you out the next. So we, we need to be wise in the way we relate we, we need to be careful. The House of Cards is a TV series uh, that has a couple who represents this fool, and, it, uh, and these are the stars of the show. So they're out there in the movies because these people exist. Frank Underwood, I, I, I've never seen the show, but I, I understand that Frank Underwood is a politician in Washington who is destroying people on the way to more and more power. And this is a quote from him. For those of us... Climbing to the top of the food chain, there can be no mercy. There is but one rule, hunt or be hunted. This guy likes to inflict pain. Now, here's his wife, Claire Underwood. Let's make him suffer. If, if, they can, if they're in a situation and they're operating and it can be a win-win, they'd prefer win-lose. They want to make you pay. They, they want to make you hurt. That's, that's how it goes. That's how it rolls with this. With this fool, um, they are opposed to God and they're atheistic in their views. There, there's no God in their view who's going to hold them accountable for what they're doing, for their ruthlessness. So they're free from moral boundaries. They're just going to do uh, what makes sense to them. They are very dangerous to society. And we as individuals, we as a church, we need to put safeguards in place to protect us from them. The predatory way approach to life, here's, here's some characteristics. It's, they're two-faced, intensely selfish and stingy, very harsh verbally, cruel, inwardly plotting evil. They spread error about the God of the Bible. You know, uh, many, many of the, the cults that, that we see on the news that just ruin and destroy lives and take lives are... Are these are, are, are headed up by these fools? This, this is the way it goes. We have to watch out for this. They squirm out of debts. This, this is all. These are all characteristics that come out of Scripture as you trace the characteristics of the Nabal fool. They may be in the religious pre- profession. So we're shocked often when we see, you know, a, a person in a religious role on the news who has really caused pain and has hurt or taken lives or whatever they've done. But in the scripture, it's there. We, we should be aware of this. So we have to be on guard and watch against this. Uh, we shouldn't be surprised. And then they prefer win-lose, like Claire Underwood. Uh, we have to put safeguards in place for all of us. We also need to watch 
because we don't really want to hurt people. But to get what we want, sometimes we'll hurt them. Maybe not to the extreme that a Nabal fool will. Or when we get hurt, we want to pay back. We've got to watch that. If, if, if our heart starts sliding this direction, we need to cut it off quickly. We need to stop it and turn around. Now, here's how to move beyond the predatory way. Become a compassionate giver. And I put a passage there, Colossians 3, 5 through 13, that you can read on your own. I'd suggest that uh, if you'd like, go back through the, this outline this week. My goal this morning was, was mainly to give you the big picture of these fools that you could research a little more if you'd like later on. But since this series is the wrap-up, uh, in a moment we'll look at how to move past folly in general overall. But in this passage from Colossians that's next to this on the listening guide, you see the basic pattern for dealing with it. Uh, first, you have to say no to the old desires and, old, and strategies. That's, that's these, folly, these foolish patterns, these fools, the profiles of fools, contain strategies that we all, to some extent, have used in our lives. But you have to say no to those first, the way we are, and between now and the day we die, we're going to struggle with these things. And so the very first thing, we have to say no to the folly, the foolish strategies and desires, and then decide to say yes to Jesus' way of doing things. The passage, Colossians 3, actually says, clothe yourselves with humility, kindness, compassion, gentleness, forbearance. So... There's this idea in Scripture. This is, this is what we're going to look at in a few moments. This is the idea. You put off the old desires and you put on the new way of Jesus Christ. Once you decide to follow him, the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. And he starts blowing the whistle when you get into the old strategies. He starts, you know, refereeing inside. And he's saying, hey, that was, you shouldn't have said that. That's the old way. What are you thinking? And, you know, what we need to do is take responsibility. God, that, that's right. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have thought that. And you put that off through confession. You just say, God, I agree with you that you're right. The moment you agree about your sin, you agree with God about your sin, he forgives you. He cleanses you from that unrighteousness. And then you put on the new way. You, you say, God, will you, will you help me show the compassion, kindness, gentleness, the, 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 the characteristics that please you? Will you help me put that on? But that's a pattern. Related to this fool, you have to say no to harm and revenge. I'm not going to pay back. And yes to compassion and kindness. So that, that's a pattern. Out of God's goodness and grace, he wants to lead us away from folly into wisdom. The core problem behind every foolish approach to life is the attempt to find the best life on our own without God's help. That, that's the core problem. We, we exclude God out of our thinking. And every fool in our parade has committed to use their tools to ensure that they get what they want according to their unique strategy, their mix, their version of folly without trusting God. 
That's, that's the real heart of the problem. So to begin to deal with folly, first of all, we must begin to factor God into every situation. That, that's what it takes. We've got to factor him in. Proverbs 9.10 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And here's the picture in this verse. The picture is uh, you're tunneling through a mountainside. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We move out of the realm of folly and into the realm of wisdom when we choose to fear God. Fearing God means that I realize he's watching, I take him seriously, and I stay in the boundaries that he's created for life. That's what it means to fear God. And the picture in this passage is we're tunneling through the mountain. I don't know if you've ever tunneled through anything, but when you tunnel through, you, you sort of get to the end, and then it gets a little lighter, and you can start to see the light. The, the, the uh, dirt is starting to fall, and then you push through into the open realm of all the light. You can see the other end of the tunnel. Fear of the Lord is the point when you break through to the other side and you can see wisdom. That's the starting point. That's, that's where you start. When we make God our reference point for handling life and all its situation, that's the breakthrough point. When we start thinking, okay, what does God want here? How do I deal with this? What, what would please him? That's the starting point for wisdom. From this point, God is willing to show us how to w- live wisely. He, he walks us through it. Our part is to set our heart daily to please him by obeying what he says in every area of our life. And that's what we do here on Sundays. We're trying to figure out what God says about living life and what pleases him. He's given a promise in Ecclesiastes 2:26, where he's actually described how we gain wisdom. God gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy to those who please him. So that's what we try to do is we set out every day. We think about I'm in this conversation with my spouse. God, what would please you in the way I approach this? How, what I say, what I think, what I do at work. We're thinking, God, what would please you in the way I approach this project? In uh, church life. Excuse me. Seems like it'd be a given, you know, we're in church and we're but you know, sometimes we do we do church with old strategies. God here, right here in this situation, what would what would make you happy? How how can I think and how can I act in a way that pleases you? So he's our reference point. When we make him our reference point, he gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy as we set out to please him. So we make that our goal. We ask for wisdom. God gives it to us choice by choice as we move along. But it's our choice. There's a pattern we find that I mentioned before in the Bible for dealing with with folly. We put off the old ways and put on Jesus way. Romans 13, 14 talks about this as well. Colossians 3 did. Romans 13, 14 does. Galatians 5 talks about the same thing. Ephesians 4 has the same picture. Uh, Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Because what do we do? You know, we get upset. We're not getting our way. We're not getting what we want. And we start to ruminate inside about how we're going to do that. Whenever it starts to 
the turmoil starts to kick in and we're, the thoughts are swirling and we're, we're wanting to go back to our old way, we have to realize what's going on and say, God, help me to put on you. Help me not to think about how to gratify those things. Life is one long string of choices, one after the other. And once we decide to become a follower of Christ, this, this is the way it is. God doesn't take away our will to choose. We can choose wisdom or we can choose folly. We choose what clothes we're going to wear. The old clothes, the old raggedy clothes that don't work so well, or God's way. And we make the choice. The desires of the sinful nature in this passage include the folly and fool patterns we've been looking at. Uh, This is default mode. We have a pattern of laziness, and we use lies and anger to camouflage. We tend to fall back into that. We have to say no to that, stop that, put on the new clothes. If our folly is to badger people into doing what we want, using upset as a tool, we tend to fall back in that. We have to say no to that. We have to stop that, ask God to forgive, confess, and put on the new clothes. This is the pattern. If you haven't yet decided to follow Christ, you may be here this morning, you haven't yet made him your Lord or your boss, you haven't given him control of your life, the first action step to deal with folly and foolish patterns is to decide to trust your life to Jesus Christ, to give your life to him, to choose to live his way. As you do that, that's the same as fear of the Lord in the Old Testament. The New Testament way is make Jesus Lord. And that's the breakthrough point into the realm of folly. Colossians 2.3 says, In him, in Christ, lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All the treasures of wisdom are found in Jesus Christ in following him. And so that's, that's where we grow in wisdom as we decide to follow him and make him Lord. When we trust him, Jesus leads us to live wisely. As we follow him, and then we choose every day, put off the old clothes, put on the new clothes. And in situation after situation, he grants wisdom as we trust him for it. He gives us the choice. We can go our own way. We keep doing life the old way, or we can go the new way and ask him for help to do that. As I wrap up the day's message, I'd like to ask you, as the band comes up to lead us in more singing, I'd like to ask you, if you would, Uh, to pull out the connection card that's in your program that you may have looked at earlier and complete anything on there that you haven't had a chance to fill out yet. There may be some next steps that you'd like to take. We'd love to know how you've responded to the message this morning. Then when the offering ushers come around, you can drop the card in the offering basket. These next steps are some practical ways that you can apply what God said to you this morning uh, if there's something that stands out to you. My next step today is, first of all, for the first time, give my life to Christ and follow him as Lord and Savior. That's the breakthrough point into wisdom, is to, to step out and give your life to Christ. For the very first time, decide to follow him. Uh, second, every day this week, ask God to help me overcome foolish strategies. So every day this week, maybe Monday through Friday, maybe starting Monday through Sunday, whatever you decide. Every day this week, I'm going to get up and I'm going to ask God, 
God, would you help? Would you clue me in to when I'm using, I'm wearing the old clothes? Help me say no to those desires, those strategies, and put on the new clothes. And you set yourself through the day. If you're like me, all through the day, you go, oh God, I want to, I want to say this, I, I want to do this. Would you help me drop the old clothes and put on the new? Would you help me do what pleases you? And so every day this week, pray those prayers. And then next week is Easter. This is a time when people are interested in investigating Christianity. And we've got some special things planned. Uh, maybe a good next step to invite a friend or friends or family to Easter. We'd love to have your friends and family here. And it's a real opportunity to include them in what God's doing here at Church of the Valley. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for... The truth we see in your word, we thank you for the way that you bless us as we step out to obey you. You don't have to do that. You made us. It's right for us to please you. But as we please you, you pour out blessing. And so, God, I pray that you'd help us to see the steps we need to take this morning in order to please you and to bring honor to you. We ask for your help in this, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.